Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Yes, there will be football today because there's football every day on this show, and there'll be plenty of laughs along the way. But for the most part, today can be summed up with two simple words. All rise. Here we go. Go, go. Only one place to start. Here's the 3-1. Drill deep to left field. There it goes. Number 60. Slide over, babe. You've got some company. Aaron James Judge has tied George Herman Babe Ruth with 60 home runs. It's the only place we can start today. And one place to start with us is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The outstanding call on the Yes Network last night by our friend Michael Kay. And Michael, good enough to join us here. He is not the... Uh, Michael is not an early riser. Uh, we, we see it all rise, but not early if you're Michael K. but he's good enough to get up and give us a couple of minutes here this morning, which I greatly appreciate. Good morning, Michael K. Good morning, Greeny. I did get the kids out to the bus for school, so I was up early and I've already worked out, so I'm ready. That's, I, I, well, that, you're way ahead of the game as far as I'm concerned, certainly way ahead of me. All right, here's what I'm trying to do today, and I'd bust her on the TV show, and, and I will have him uh, on this show a little bit later. And I talked to Costas a little bit. I'm trying to put this in perspective. Uh, we all understand it's an unbelievable season, and Hembo is going to give us 8 million different analytics reasons why it might be the greatest offensive season in baseball history. But you and I are products of an era where this stuff was about more than that. It's about history. It's about the fabric of the game. It's about what it means in a much larger sense. What does Aaron Judge hitting 60 home runs in a season last night mean to Michael Kay? I think it means um, baseball at its purest because what we've seen over the last decade or so, Greeny, is that when somebody hits a lot of home runs, they usually hit 210 or 220 an inordinate amount of strikeouts, and it's just a limited player. And also guys that hit a lot of home runs, it seems like they do the bat flips and all that. This is a throwback guy. This is a guy who I think could have played in the 40s and the 50s. He hits a home run, he puts his bat down, puts his head down, and just runs around the bases. And um, something that's kind of an antiquated award now, you know, a triple crown, there's been one in 55 years, he might win it. And I just don't think that, as a baseball fan who's covered baseball now for 36 years, that I ever thought that I was ever going to see that again, to see 60 home runs that I never thought I'd see, especially after they cleaned up the game. And then to have a guy hit 316, 317 and lead his league in hitting, he's leading the majors in everything greeny. So I look at this guy as a throwback that you could almost watch Aaron judge in black and white. He doesn't have to be in HD. Uh, you're 100% right. I mean, it, 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 the season he's having and the way he's gone about it, and particularly under the circumstances, contract year, all of that, it, it's remarkable. But, you know, like this morning, for example, I, I'll just be completely honest, and I'm going to talk at length about this today. I just read on Get Up that he is the, the, the what did I just say? What was the stat I just gave, Hembo? That, that the, third Sosa. Few, the third fewest games, right. 260? The third fewest games to hit 60 home runs behind Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa. And there was a part of me, Michael, it, it, it hurt me to say it. Like, I don't like reading that. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem right. I grew up with this sport. You grew up with this sport. These numbers mean something more than, than just numbers typed into a, a, a computer someplace. And I don't know how to 
contextualize that. that. That's what I'm trying to get to here, Michael. And maybe I'm not doing a good job of asking the question, but somehow saying he's going to finish ahead of Maris, but still behind Bonds and Sosa and McGuire, it just doesn't feel good to me. How does it feel to you? Well, it, it, it kind of takes away the luster that this should have. And, you know, you're almost loath to say, you know, he'll have the clean record. Right. I, I don't think that's fair either because we don't know the people that Bonds and Sosa and McGuire were facing pitchers, whether or not they were on PDs, and uh, we had no idea about the, a level playing field. But for the most part, you would hope that the game is clean now. And to see this guy do it, I don't think we have to put a verbal asterisk next to Bonds and McGuire and Sosa. People that know, know, and uh, they will look at this as the real record, most of them. You know, and when, when you're thinking of, you know, you don't plan calls for something like this, but you, you can't squeeze in contextualizing exactly where it stands. People have to make the decision for themselves, and I think that most people make the decision. I think they've made the decision a long time now that Roger Maris is the legitimate single-season record holder. So if Aaron Judge beats that, then he's probably thought of in a higher vein than Bonds and Sosa and McGuire. I, I, I can't speak for everybody. I think most people would think that. Well, that, that part of it, I think for sure. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. I, I guess if there is a silver lining in this, it is that all three of those other players did it in the National League. So at least this was a record, or this will be, if he gets to 62, it will be a record. It'll be the American League record. And, and of course, it'll be surpassing two Yankee legends in Ruth, the greatest of them all, and then Maris, who had that incredible season. Um, but imagine, Michael, how, how different would that be last night? If I'm just making this up. If Sammy Sosa had the American League record with whatever it is, 66 uh, home, like, would that have changed last night in any way? I guess, you know, he wouldn't have done anything yet. I, although, you know, Ruth 60 and Maris is 61 will always, you know, stand the signpost uh, in baseball history. Those are magical numbers. So when you reach them and, or you tie them, it's going to mean something. But if there was still a number ahead, it would certainly be the number that you aim for. But you bring up a great point. You don't really have to get into a messy contextualization of the number because all you have to do is, you know, he's now the single season American League home run winner and, you know, when you, you throw the Yankees in as well, that adds a little more luster to it as, as well. So I think we can overthink this, and I think I understand people that love baseball. You know, records are sacrosanct in baseball. I mean, you, you can just rattle off records, 60, 61, 73, 70. Those things mean a lot, you know, 400. And In football and basketball, you'd be hard-pressed mm-hmm. to have somebody give you exact numbers for milestones. That's just not how those sports are. That's how baseball is. But the PED era kind of cheapened that a little bit and made those numbers blurry. And for that, as a baseball fan, you do get a little bit angry. Well, that's exactly right. See, now, now I'm, I'm getting you where I want you here, Michael. I'm getting you in this place that I want you because I remember 98. You remember 98. Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were all anybody was talking about. That was, that was the yep. story in sports for the entire month of September. And, and quite candidly, look, you live your life day in and day out in the Yankees, and you host the afternoon talk show, of course, in New York, where the Aaron Judge story is getting that level of play. But I'm telling you, I sit here and I host this national television show every day, and that's not what America is talking about. And I feel like if it was the record, it would be. And that's one of the reasons that this bothers me is that comparatively speaking, the level of attention that Judge is getting relative to what we saw in 98. 
No, absolutely. Uh, 98, I mean, Mike Lupica wrote a great book about the chase. Mm-hmm. And, and what does that book really mean now? And you're right. If there was no Sosa, McGuire, and Bonds, last night would have been otherworldly. It was pretty special the way it was. And tonight, if he hit 61, it's going to be great as well because, again, those are benchmark magical numbers. But obviously, if they were the record and it wasn't muddied by what happened in, in, in 98 and then early 2000, it would be even more special. But we can't allow ourselves to let that rob us of the luster of what he's doing because what he's doing is just amazing. Absolutely. One more thing for you, Michael, while I have you, because it's been a fascinating season as we work our way down the stretch here. Like, I don't even think there's any reason to talk about the MVP anymore, right? Like, three weeks ago, that was a discussion. And I'm not taking anything away from Shohei Otani. He is... A unicorn. What he's doing is ridiculous, and it's another one of those things, to use the expression Michael just used, that I never thought I would live to see. But if Aaron Judge isn't the MVP, then I don't know who's ever been the MVP of anything. He has single-handedly carried the Yankees through what otherwise has been a pretty rough little two months here. Um, but, Michael, it's been a roller coaster. I mean, it started with, with my right-hand man, Hembo, telling me this could be the greatest team of all time back in whatever that was, May or June. And then in August, they couldn't win a game to save their lives. Where are they? How, how will the Yankees, in your mind, go into October as far as uh, their chances of coming out in the American League? Well, a lot of it depends on, on the people that, that are coming back. You know, if that swing by Stanton yesterday writes him, well, this guy has been a killer in the postseason, so that makes them a lot better. Uh, there's some rumors they could get back DJ LeMahieu uh, by the end of the week. That makes the lineup longer and better, uh, also makes it more diverse. Uh, they'll get back Luis Severino tonight as well. If he returns to what he was early in the season, all of a sudden they become a little bit more of a full team, a complete team. Harrison Bader had an amazing uh, first game as a Yankee that got swallowed up by what Judge and Stanton did. Slowly but surely, they're getting right. Now, what they were in the first half of the season, I never thought they were as good as the 98 Yankees. I just think that what happened with the injuries and whatnot was a little bit of a market correction. But I think that if they're healthy, they go into the postseason with as good a chance of any team, including the Astros, Dodgers, uh, and the Mets, or the Braves, as, as being a team that could win a World Series. That's how good they could be, but they are a flighty team, to tell, the, to tell you the truth. And just getting back to Judge, in the second half of the season when they were floundering, this guy had no protection in the lineup, Greeny. None. Mm-hmm. None. I don't understand why anybody pitched to him. And he kept them single-handedly from frittering away a complete 15-and-a-half game lead. If he was not what he was, they would have lost that lead and it would have been the greatest collapse in baseball history. And if that's not the definition of valuable, then I don't know what is. That's exactly right. There was a series in Tampa in which he scored every one of their runs, <laughs> and they won one of the games. That, that, and that, right. That's the team that was chasing them. All right, Michael, I know you have a busy day. Obviously, the Michael K. Show this afternoon on ESPN Radio New York, and then back tonight, Yankees and Pirates. And maybe he's hit, knowing him, maybe he hit 61 and 62. So we will be watching. Thanks a million for doing this, my friend. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks, Mike. All right. We'll see you later. That's Michael Kay with us here. Hembo with us this morning. The assembled members of the hashtag crew are here. And we're, look, we, there'll be football today and we will have some laughs along the way. But here's the only thing I will. I make no apologies for this. OK, if you're not going to talk about baseball on the day that someone hits 60 home runs in a season, then I don't know what sports are anymore. I, I just don't know what sports conversation means anymore. We might as well just rename sports talk football talk. And, and I get it. I mean, Mike and I rode that wave, you know, for, for 20 years. I'm, I'm not knocking it. But if you can't talk about the sport and all of the different connected storylines 
on the morning after a major league, just, just allow this thought, a major league baseball player hit his 60th home run last night. When I was 10 years old, that would have led the evening news. Like Walter Cronkite would have said, good evening. Now, good. I, I can't do Walter Cronkite. I could do Howard Cosell. You can't do Howard Cosell. If Howard Cosell had sat in for Walter Cronkite on the evening news, which would have been stunning because they worked for different networks. But if somehow Howard Cosell had gone to CBS and anchored the evening news, he would have said, good evening. This is Howard Cosell. We begin the news tonight with a startling story, something we never thought we'd live to see. Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees has hit his 60th home run this season with still 15 games remaining on the schedule. How far can he take it? Only time will tell. That would have been the lead of the evening news. It's time to say goodnight to, che- to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. I have a lot to say about this. And so does Hembo, and so does Nuno, and so does Bubba. We got Buster coming up. I've spoken to Costas today. We'll catch up on that. We got uh, plenty of fun to have on this historic morning, so stay with us. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com bubba cracks me up we are uh, back on espn radio greeny presented by progressive insurance the reason he is playing this song is because in the commercial break that we just had i played this song for hembo and i asked can you identify who this is which which musical artist or group it is that is performing this song yes you did ask that question and you cannot do so. I've heard the song before. Oh, that's something else. I can't identify who okay. is singing it. But that's sort of an arbitrary question. I mean, it could be any number of people. It could no, also it have been remade. 
potentially? I mean, that's a, is it a trick question? It is not a trick question. I should just be able to answer it. It's just an incredibly famous song. I mean, like a ridiculously, like a generation was basically defined, a generation of Americans and, and, and frankly, of uh, British people I'm actually was not defined sure th- by the words, yeah. I can't get no satisfaction. I'm actually not sure that I have ever heard it. Okay. Now that you mentioned anyway, it. Anyway, I'm not telling you who sings it. <laughs> uh, I, I, flew over, I flew to London just to see them play this year. Can you name that band? No. It's the Rolling Stones. Okay, anyway, here's the couple of things. So, so we are unapologetically going to talk about baseball today because a baseball player hit 60 home runs last night or hit his 60th home run last night. And there are a million different te- tentacles that that provides for us. The first of them is, who did you tell me caught the ball last night? A young man by the name of Mike Kessler. He was tw- he's 20 years old. He and his buddies just bought tickets the day of, and I guess they were sitting in the left field bleachers when it happened. And he got the ball. He got the ball. And what did he do with it? He gave it back. He gave it back. So I was reading the, in New York Post this morning, the Yankee Stadium security descended on him quickly, and he willingly gave the ball up in the end. They got signed balls in a group photo with Aaron Judge. The ball's worth somewhere between... Like, somewhere around half a million dollars, according to that web article. This kid's out of his mind. Out of his mind. Bubba and Nuno are with us this morning as well, the assembled members of the Hashtag crew. What would you have done with that ball, Nuno, if you had retrieved it? We would not be negotiating uh, last night. It would be like, guys, I'm just going to take it home. We'll figure this out. My lawyer, my representation (laughs) will call you tomorrow. Like, truly, that would be the case. Bubs? Um, I, I would, I would be in talks with them to give it, I would give it back to him, I think, but in for something in return. But, but he got a picture and some autographed baseballs. What more would you want? Do you have, you want to have dinner with Aaron Judge? Like, what is it you want in return? I don't know. I, I mean, it's tough because I, I don't want, I don't know any Yankee stuff that I would want. That's a tough thing. But I don't, Money? So just sell it. You could get a bunch of money and buy Met tickets with it if Correct. you want to. That's true. There's any number of things you could do with that. Anyway, what I couldn't help but notice was how many empty seats were in the bleachers when he hit that. But I will make two admissions. Two admissions. One, I went to sleep before that happened last night. So I did. (laughs) I told you yesterday on the show I might go to the game last night. I did not. I'm watching it at home. Me, the wife, and the dog. And I watched his first at bat. I watched his second at bat. I watched his third at bat. And then I said... All right, I'm done here. <laughs> I'm going to bed. And so I will confess, I did not until I woke up this morning see the 60th home run. I also have the legendary story of the game that I left early. So I, I do not think in good conscience I can be the person to browbeat anyone who left last night early. Is that a story I should tell this early in the show or should I save it? I think you should provide a quick summary of it because I don't think there's any chance that you would have left that game last night, even with this as the backdrop. You're probably right because the two games couldn't – we were not waiting for one at bat, which we knew would still come. You, you, so you're right. So I take it back. How do you go to that game last night and leave? It doesn't matter that the Yankees are losing 8-4. What's the difference? You're not there to see who wins. You're there to see if Judge hits his 60th home run and to be in the park when it happens. Thank you for re-strengthening me in this. How do you leave that game? He's going to hit. He's going to get another at bat. Why are you leaving? Where are you going? He let off the ninth inning. Where are you going? I don't understand how people left. I know that it's getting late, but it wasn't that late. It was like 10.25 p.m. when he hit it last night. It's not that late. In the, now, again, I was asleep. 
but I'm a different, uh, I'm a bird of a different color. The point I'm trying to make here is that you should not have left that game last night, right? Is there any excuse for leaving that game last no, night? No excuse. And what I also don't understand, knowing that Aaron Judge is due up, how there are like any empty spots in the bleachers. The ball like ricocheted 50 feet. Yeah. How in the world is, are there not, is there not every person in that stadium lining the outfield waiting for that? Like The scrum was somewhat tame. I thought it was very bizarre. It, it is one of the 10 most significant home runs in the history of Major League Baseball, and you left early because the Pirates had a four-run lead? It doesn't make any sense in the world. I'm with you on that. Now, you can be a part of Greeny Nation every day on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. All right, let's get on to the next point. 1998, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire got approximately... 25,000 times the attention that Judge is getting right now. I remember it. I was working at ESPN at the time it happened. I was an ESPN News anchor. There are two reasons why those guys got so much more attention then than Aaron Judge is getting now. I'm going to tell you what the second reason is. The second reason is baseball's plummeting popularity. It isn't as popular. Baseball is not as popular right now. It isn't as much a part of the consciousness of the American public right now as it was in 1998. And the explosion of popularity of professional football is the reason why. Hmm. I don't think it is as much that baseball has fallen. Well, let's put it this way. Baseball hasn't fallen as much as football has grown. But football just envelops everything now. It it, It just does and just is to the point that I... I opened the show today by saying I'm not going to apologize for talking about a player hitting a 60th home run on a sports talk show. But that isn't the number one reason why McGuire and Sosa got so much more attention than Aaron Judge is getting. Bubba, what do you think the number one reason is? Um, the popularity of baseball is the number two reason that Sosa and Maguire got so much more attention. What do you think is the number one reason? I think this, the the numbers just don't mean as much anymore because of what happened in 98. Okay, that's a good one. Nuno, why do you think, what do you think is the number one reason that it's getting so much less attention than it did then? I think it's that. I think truly people just aren't into it because MLB allow these numbers to be devalued. Hembo? I agree with these guys in some sense. The reason that it's not as big a deal now as it is then is because they themselves defiled what was once a holy record book. Here's, here's the answer. You're, you're, you're basically right, but it can be summed up much more simply. The reason it isn't getting nearly that much attention is because it isn't the record. That's the point. That was the record. They were chasing the record. Right now, we're chasing something that no one knows how to define. I've spent the last few days on this show. I'm begging Michael K., someone, Buster, Buster only on TV today, all you guys, help me put this in perspective. I don't know what to call it. It's not the American League record. We don't celebrate American League records. Do you know who holds the National League record for most consecutive games with a hit? 
When someone, pa- I think it's Pete Rose with 44, right? Because I'm a geek. But my point is, if some national leaguer is on 42 games with a hit, are we going to start cutting into programming because he might pass Pete Rose for the National League record? No, the record is the record. It's 56 and it's Joe DiMaggio. There's only one home run record. And it's 73 and it's Barry Bonds and that stinks. Now, again, I understand the context. I understand the era in which they played. I understand the pitchers were juiced, too. I understand all of that. And I have been sitting here on these airwaves as long, for 15 years now saying, put them in the Hall of Fame. Put Bonds in the Hall of Fame. Put McGuire in the Hall of Fame. Put Sosa in the Hall of Fame. But these records have to be restored. They have to mean something. What Judge is doing has to mean something. And baseball needs to do it for their own good. Because you cannot, I cannot live in a sports world where no one gives a damn that a guy hit his 60th home run last night. I can't do it. I've got to fight with people to say, can we lead a talk show with it? It's insane. This shouldn't just mean something. It should mean everything. Baseball has been, they have been playing Major League Baseball for 151 years. In 147 Of those seasons, no one hit more than 61 home runs. 147 out of 151. In the other four, it happened six times. So when Hembo says they made a joke out of the record, that is what they did. Now again, I'm not sitting here burying Bonds, McGuire, or Sosa. I get it. In the time in which they lived, in the time in which they played, in the time in which they competed, I understand why they did what they did. I have come around on that, and I would vote for them. But you know who doesn't have the record in the 100-meter dash? Ben Johnson. Because when it turned out he was doping, they took the record away. Now, it's probably since been broken 15 times. I don't know that one way or the other, but you know the point that I'm trying to make. You can leave those guys intact and still take the record away. Aaron Judge did something last night that only two people ever did clean, ever. And that means something. And if he does, he could hit two home runs tonight. I wouldn't put it past him. He had two home runs on Sunday. If he hits two home runs tonight, he will do something that no one has ever done legitimately in 151 years of the sport. And the world will collectively yawn. They'll look up for a minute and say, ooh, so that happened. And then go back to their business. And the reason is because it isn't the record. And the record has been rendered meaningless because it isn't legitimate. So what do we do about this? This can be solved. This is not a problem without a solution. We just have to figure out how to solve it. But it isn't impossible. The idea that we can't solve this problem, the idea that we cannot create something in the record book that allows, that enables this to be recognized as something more than just the American League record does not sit well. I refuse to accept that. I refuse to accept, no, Greeny, nothing we can do. No, 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 no good. No good. I refuse to accept there's nothing we can do. Allow me to make a suggestion. Please do. You know, halfway through the 1961 season, the commissioner of Major League Baseball was Ford Frick. And you know what Ford Frick 
did during that season. He called a news conference and said the home run record that Babe Ruth has is going to be different than whatever home run record someone now breaks once we have a 162-game season. And that lasted for 30 years, from 1961 to 1991. Roger Maris' uh, 61 came with an asterisk. Roger Maris went to his grave in 1985 not holding the truthful home run record. So if Ford Frick could do it in 1961, there's nothing stopping Rob Manfred from doing something like it in 2022. That's right. Now, the difference in those, I hear what you're saying. And Ford Frick, by the way, was Babe Ruth's biographer. So No, ghostwriter. Or ghostwriter. So, so yeah, he ghostwrote his autobiography, which is the same, essentially the same thing. Fair enough. The point is he was directly, it was, it reeked to high heaven. But because this was the 50s or the 60s that we were like, eh, well, okay. And because people wanted Ruth to have the record. Now, I want Maris to have the record and I want Judge to break it. Or not, if he doesn't break it, he doesn't break it. I think he's going to break it, but that's neither here nor there. But the point is, the difference here, I hear what you're saying, is Frick did it ahead of time. He got ahead of it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that Manfred, how many years ago is 1998? 23 years ago. 23 years later can put an asterisk next to Bonds. Well, Bonds did it in, in 2001. So 21 years later. But we have all the information now that we didn't. Have done. Then he's the commissioner. He's just like changing the size of the base someday because he wants to. Who's to say that he can't do this? I mean, this is true. And this is way more important. This is the reason why I became a baseball fan is because I devoured those record books and cared about 60 and 61 and 714 and 755 and 56 and all the other ones. This is his most important job. He can get this right. I actually think you're making a... You're winning me over. I'm Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect the stuff you love with renter's insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Nuno, if you were the commissioner of baseball, would you right now, if you just became elected today, if Rob Manfred called you and said, you know what, I'm done with this job. Nuno, I'm handing it to you. Would you put an asterisk in the record book? Would you strike bonds from the record book? Or would you just leave it as it is? I will put an asterisk there. I would say, hey... We know you guys cheated, um, but that's not the record. We need to celebrate this. Because I just asked Bubba, doesn't it feel like MLB's not even really celebrating this? Because they can't go back. And I feel like being like, oh, by the way, guys, we knew things were very questionable, but we knew the sport was dying, so we celebrated that. By the way, our you know they can't get in the Hall of Fame, but our commissioner at that time is in the Hall of Fame. Like all that, like just that type of stuff. It's like I feel like the MLB is just doesn't want to acknowledge that they screwed up. That we should be celebrating this, and that Judge deserves the credit of breaking a clean record. Well, you bring up an interesting point. One of the reasons they're not celebrating this is because it is a a, a painful reminder. Forgetting whether they did it wrong at the time or not, it is a painful reminder of something most people consider to be a terrible thing. So rather than celebrating a wonderful thing, what it is 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 reminding us of a very painful memory of something that that they associate negatively with. But I'm going to hold this thought. I have a lot more to say about this. I got a lot. Just strap on board. I am ready to roll. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, uh, we continue here on ESPN Radio. Once again, we are in the breaks quizzing Hembo on songs he's never heard of. He kind of heard of this one. I, I believe it is the most played song in the history of rock and roll radio. Like, at least at one time it was. Um, and he was finally able to identify the name of the song, but not who sings it. Anyway, we all know the game isn't over till it's over. So next time you need parts for your car, don't call it quits. Go to eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts to take your car into overtime. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. One other thing that we were talking about during the break here. We mentioned briefly that the young man who caught the ball last night, who retrieved the ball, um, that Aaron Judge hit for his 60th home run, just willingly gave it back to Judge. And and I saw on Instagram he got like a signed bat and a signed ball and got to take pictures with him, which is all nice. But when you phrased it the way you just phrased it a minute ago, I think it really kind of registers differently. Okay, this this 20-year-old kid catches Aaron Judge's 60th home run ball willingly gives it away. He is, that is the equivalent of handing the usher half a million dollars in cash. That is what he elected to do. Yeah. Do they train the ushers to like coerce people into doing this? Because you see it happen often. But this person, this 20-year-old person, could have had all of his college paid for and then a bunch more, and he instead elected to do the, I guess, what he thought was the right thing, to take a picture with Aaron Judge and his buddies. He's out of his mind. I mean, I, I kind of feel that way, too, because you're not depriving anyone of anything. He hit the ball. You caught it. And at the end of the day, if I handed you a half a million dollars <laughs> and said, will you just willingly give this back? You would say no. If I said to that kid, would you pay a half a million dollars to take a picture with Aaron Judge? He would say no. So I do think that it is a it's a fascinating decision for a person to make. OK, but let's go back to the stuff that really matters here which is the meaning of it. And so Rob Manfred, who I know people love to take shots at. I know baseball people are mad at him. It is no secret that I have known Rob a long time, and he and I have a very good relationship, and I think he's gotten more things right than generally people give him credit for, and I think he gets a lot of criticism, some of it because a few things he has said inartfully have stayed with him. At the end of the day, he just enacted, not unilaterally, but generally made the decision that he is fundamentally changing the game of baseball going forward. For 150 years, there's been no pitch clock. Now there will be a pitch clock. He made that decision. Now, let me make it clear. That's the right decision to make. He's doing the right thing. If I became the commissioner, I would do that too. And I would be getting the criticism he gets now. Because people would say, you can't mess with the tradition. But the point you just made to me, which is a good one, is if you can just decide after 150 years, from now on, we're going to have a pitch clock, then you can sure as hell decide, from now on, we're putting an asterisk or something. Maybe an asterisk has such an, a, an ugly connotation in baseball history that we, we don't make it an asterisk, but some other way of delineating the one record from the other. This is... The most important thing to baseball fans like you and me. Number one, obviously what Rob Manfred elected to do, you know, in some sense, uh, with it being collectively bargained and changing the game in the future is a good thing. Obviously, these are very different things, but he's the commissioner of the sport. He, in some sense, has 
executive privilege. And I bet you, if you asked a cross-section of baseball fans, who's the you know, truthful homer, uh, home run record champion, at the end of the season, they will say Aaron Judge. This is what we want if the purpose is to serve the fans that you are overseeing in some sense. Why does he not feel like he could do that? It doesn't make any sense to me now. Ford Frick did it 60 years ago. Yeah, I, I think there actually is something to be said for that. I understand it's hard to do. I understand it's opening up a can of worms. And in some ways, this whole thing is opening a can of worms they don't want opened. But it's happening. And it could be celebrated. It could be something we are turning into the biggest thing that's happening in sports. And I feel like I can't get anyone on my side to say we should be doing that. Now, where is everybody to say, yeah, we can do that? Like when you, if you had my job, just ask yourself this question. If you had my job, and this morning you had to read on national television from a piece of paper that said he now has more home runs than, than any player at this point except for this guy and that guy, and those guys were Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa. Are you telling me that it wouldn't feel funny to you to say it without adding any context? Because that's kind of what the record book is. Like, I can't read it that way. I can't, I cannot do it. I cannot say that on television. I'm a sports person. I've lived in this all my life. I cannot read on television those words without supplying at least one sentence of context. And so all I'm asking is that we insert that context into the record book. It can be written if we want it to be. It can be in the form of an asterisk or something else. We use hashtags for everything these days. Make it a hashtag. Or delineate it in some other way. I don't know. Again, I don't know. I don't have the exact answer to this. But what I will say is I do not think it's an insurmountable problem. I do not think we can't solve this if we set our minds to it. You know who I'm interested to hear from on this is Costas. I called him today. He's going to come on Friday. He's actually calling the Yankee game, I think, Saturday. He might get the record. We'll be back in just a moment. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.